0: Money FM eighty nine point three Best of Breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM eighty nine point three. Good morning. Here's your market wrap with me, Ryan Huang, and let's take a look at how Wall Street wrapped up. We saw U.S. stocks rising overnight with new data raising hopes that the Federal Reserve can bring down inflation without pushing the U.S. economy into recession. We saw the S&P 500 hitting a new high for this year. The broad market index up 0.7% to close at 4,472. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 80 points or 0.3% to close at 34,347. And the biggest winner for the night, the tech-rich Nasdaq, popping 1.2% to 13,919. And we are seeing the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq closing at their highest levels since April last year. For more insights, we are joined by Gregory Brunch, founder and managing partner at Veritas Financial Group. Thanks for joining us on the show, Gregory. Good morning, Ryan. Great to be here. Hey, fantastic. So I'm going to start with this headline I'm seeing around the inflation data we're getting. And this describes it as inflation at 3%, flex, end of emergency, turning point for the Fed. Is that an accurate way to look at what we're getting? I think that that is
1: completely inaccurate. Uh, I think that that is looking at this latest data point in a vacuum and I don't think that the Fed has the luxury of looking at at it that way and I don't think we should look at it that way. So here are the two issues, Ryan. Number one, if this was 2021 and we had 3% inflation, that would seem manageable. That seems less manageable when you're talking about 3% on top of the 9.1% from June 2022, which was on top of the 5.4% from June of 2021. And so when we're three years in and things that used to cost a dollar in 2020 now cost a dollar 42, even 3% is an issue. The second problem is that, yes, that's the headline number. And it's a year over year comparison, which, by the way, is lapping that big 9.1% from last year. So if you exclude all of the other context around it, perhaps that looks good but core was at 4.8%. And it grew less than the 30 to 40 basis points it's grown for eight consecutive months. And that is something of a relief, but it still grew 20 basis points. And quite frankly, any of the problem areas that we were looking for in terms of a decline in inflation were highly resistant. The home home, uh, component was up. Some components of food were up. Uh, In fact, the only thing that was significantly down was you know recognizably volatile airline fares and so i think that you saw this in the market reaction where the u.s markets opened at basically twice the levels that they closed at in terms of the increase because as the day went on i think people started to dig into these numbers it's really hard to see anything here that is worthy of applause.
0: Mm, that's a good point. And that 4.8% you mentioned is some ways to go before we hit 2%. So on that front, with inflation and I guess the cost of living remaining elevated, are you seeing that play out in the economy when you look at the data coming through? So it's
1: really a, a fine balancing act that the economy is, is, is performing right now. I'm not certain that it is as harmful as we might think it is just because wage growth has been so powerful, just because unemployment has been historically low now for about 17 months. It's been since March of 2022 unemployment in the U S has been less than 4%. And so while we're keeping people employed and while wage growth is strong, it hasn't been as deleterious as we might think. Um, that said, we have to remember that the impact of this is felt most strongly and most poignantly by the lower socioeconomic groups. Those in the higher, for many items, it doesn't really matter. Something that cost a dollar three years ago cost a dollar forty two today. But for those families of four living at 60 grand and under, under in terms of household income, this really matters.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at a couple of headlines talking about recession. In fact, I've been seeing it for a good part of the year. They've been calling for it to be around the corner. What's your take? Are we going to be seeing a recession? And in what form will that take?
1: I think we will. I don't think that there's any possibility of a soft landing because there are components of inflation that are proving to be so resilient. So recall that my terminal rate target is 6.25. Mm-hmm. I think that the Fed, it's likely the Fed might go over that based on what we're seeing now. And I think that that eliminates the possibility of a soft landing. Now, the recession has taken longer to to take hold than, than I originally thought. And I think there are some reasons for that. We actually applied a lot of stimulus to the U.S. economy this year. It wasn't called that. That's exactly what it was, Ryan. When the Treasury hit the debt ceiling in January, it couldn't borrow money anymore. And so they had to spend down the $700 billion of reserves. So that was untaxed and unborrowed money. I call that apex consumption. That was like a shot to the bloodstream of the economy. Moreover, when the bank debacle set in, we supplied the banks with over half a trillion dollars of loans. That's stimulus. And so while the Fed's trying to reduce its balance sheet and raise interest rates to curb demand, we had this offsetting effect of some stimulating actions, which led to a better ex- than expected second, uh, first quarter, and I expect it will lead to a better than expected second quarter as well. Hmm. And so I think that's one of the reasons we haven't really seen uh, the recession take hold the way we thought it might have after 500 basis points of Fed hiking.
0: Wow, okay. Well, in conversation with Gregory Branch. He is the founder and managing partner at Veritas Financial Group. Now, Greg, I want to pick up on a point you raised, which is the terminal rate. I believe you mentioned it was 6.25% they are expecting. Right now, we're around 5.6%. So that means you've got 65 more basis points to go. And
1: that alludes to perhaps... Two or three more rate hikes—is that where you're looking at? That's where I'm at. And, and Ryan, I think you well know—you know this has been my target since October of last year. It was widely ridiculed in October of last year, but as we now sit, like you said, a mere you know 50 to 100 basis points away, uh, with the Fed all but indicating that they expect another two rate hikes. Not only have they said that verbally, most of the governors, but certainly was indicated mm. in the dot plot it doesn't seem all that crazy anymore uh, now that we're this close, does
0: it? Yeah, all right. Let's take a look at what's happening for the markets. And it does look like the start of the year, at least the first half, has been pretty good. We saw the Nasdaq Composite um, with some huge gains, more than 30%. And now we are starting to see investors getting into meme stocks, trying to look for, I'm not sure if the right word is value, but they are trying to look for some bargains at least. What do you make of the action so far in the markets where we've got tech stocks rallying, are you seeing that momentum carrying
1: through to the rest of the year? So I do. And I think that there's two different ways to look at this. On the one hand, whenever you have a move like we've had since January, the eyes a bit, and you start to get um, uh, influences of those are not necessarily professionals or who are not necessarily doing this on a consistent basis and so you'll see some bubbles around I guess what you're calling meme stocks and you know we saw this in 2000 and we saw this in the rally last year in August that tends to be very short in duration Mm -hmm. particularly if the market is going to experience some turbulence but when you talk about mega tech the arguments people are making against mega tech right now are really valuation based arguments and there are times when those are applicable. I do not think that this will be one of those times because what will happen if, if I'm correct in my macro view and I see earnings on the S&P next year at 220, I see a contraction this year, is while everything else is contracting, Megatech is one of the few areas where investors are going to be able to get 10% plus earnings growth. Those areas are gonna be few and far between. And so while everything else is contracting and Megatech is delivering 10% plus earnings growth, The multiples aren't going to matter, Ryan. Mm. The multiples will be something that are periphery and investors will just feel safe that they're going to get the earnings growth they need.
0: All right. Talking about earnings, we are going to be expecting the banks to kick things off this Friday. Uh, We've got rates high. Is that going to be good news for the banks when it comes
1: to the earnings at least? Typically it is. And it'll be good for some banks. Um, And and even with the curve inverted, uh, you know, banks borrow short to to loan long, even with the curve inverted in the beginning of the year, I was thinking that that the atmosphere would still be great for net interest margin expansion. But I think that those those that optimism has passed, at least on my part, uh, given especially when you're talking about outside of the largest money center banks, there are lots of issues that they're dealing with. They're dealing with the flight of deposits to those money center banks away from small regionals. They're dealing with the management of their balance sheet, where some of them are locked into these very low yielding instruments over long durations and those deposit runs are forcing some of them to rationalize their balance sheets in an optimal ways. We actually have an issue that hasn't gotten as much press lately, but will certainly become an issue later this year and into 2024 that most of our commercial real estate, is at the small to regional uh, mid to small regional and local bank level. And so as we start to experience some deterioration in the uh, macro vectors for commercial real estate, that'll be a drag as well. Um, Not to mention what we just talked about in terms of the consumer and how the deterioration will start to occur there. And so it'll be interesting to see how the banks start to provision to give us an insight into the consumer and yes, they're cheap, but at this point, there's so much to work out that I'm
0: standing on the on the sidelines right now. All right. Cheap can get cheaper. So something to watch out for. We've been chairman Gregory Brown. She's the founder and managing partner at Veritas Financial Group. Gregory, thank you so much for spending time with us on the show. Ryan, always a pleasure. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance.